Thanks for tuning in for this week's message from Lift Church in Anchorage, Alaska. We hope that you'll be challenged to grow in faith by the message and take action to make it hard to be far from God. You can find message notes in the YouVersion Bible app in the events section. Just search Lift Church AK. For more info about Lift Church and how you can get in touch, visit our website at www.liftchurchak.com. Now, let's join in with this week's message. We are in our last one. Uh, we've got one more, one more message next week. We'll close this series out, but this is the last of our list of the fruit of the Spirit. And this one, uh, I'm, I'm glad that the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Galatia, in Galatia, however you say that word, wherever that city is, um, that he saved this one for last. Because if he would have led with this one, I think probably we would all just said, yeah, that's not possible. That's not for me. Thanks. Good job. You know, maybe go plant another church somewhere else, Paul, because this isn't going to work. But uh, tonight we're talking about the uh, awesome attribute of the spirit, self-control. How many of you are just excited about self-control? Yeah. You can tell. You can tell by, by my stature. You know, somebody said, Thad, when are you going to get into shape? And I looked at him square in the eye and I said, dude, I am in shape. Round is a shape. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, we all got those areas of our life where, um, you know, where we could exercise some self-control, where we could do that. But aren't you glad that, that because, <coughs> because this is an attribute of the Spirit, it's something that the, the Holy Spirit produces in us. It's not about your own ability. It's not about what you can accomplish or what you can produce in your own life. It's what the Holy Spirit brings about for us. I love this verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, as we jump in. If you got a Bible or if you've got your YouVersion app, we've got all of the notes for tonight in the event. So if you're online uh, with us, in fact, can we just can we just celebrate our online e-family right now and welcome them in to the Lusak Library in Anchorage, Alaska? Come on, guys. Somebody cheer them on. Come on. Welcome them. Thank you guys for tuning in all over the place. Um, what an exciting opportunity to be able to share God's word uh, literally across the nation. And not only just across the nation, I was looking at some stats uh, this last week. And uh, we actually had like a couple of Russian views. Wow. So I don't know. That was cool. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26 uh, says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And tonight we're talking about self-control. There is no law against such things. Now I've been saving these verses, these following verses for tonight. I've been saving this up, just waiting week after week after week, wanting to unleash this on you and, and let you hear this. But I've been holding back. I've been exercising the self-control. But listen to what verse 24 says. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, if we live by these attributes, right? If we, we, by some way, we're compelled, we, we make an opportunity, we make an effort to live by the Spirit, let us also keep, watch this, in step with the Spirit. Now, if I could just paint a, a, a little imaginary picture in your mind. How many of you guys have seen uh, the, uh, the dance competition? What is it? I just lost my mind. Uh, Dancing with the Stars. How many of you guys have seen the show Dancing with the Stars? 
yeah, uh, several of you. If you haven't, there's this show in America. It's pretty popular. They love it. They pick somebody that has no dancing background, an athlete, uh, a famous movie star, a celebrity of some sort, and they pair them with a professional dancer, and then they are supposed to uh, create a routine over the course of one week to which they then go on live television in front of millions of people all across the world, and they perform this routine with very little training, uh, no background or expertise, and very little time to prepare this. Now, if you go through your Facebook scroll, every now and then you guys see those fail videos. <laughs> there, there, there's uh, there's uh, Dancing with the Stars fail videos, and it is hilarious when a pro athlete, a big, strong, buff pro athlete, not mention any names, Jerry Rice, uh, that would get into these situations and they would not be in step with what was going on with the pro dancer. And, and these, these fail videos, I was really tempted to bring one and show you tonight uh, uh, what this is, but I think you can get this with your imagination. A dance goes horribly wrong when somebody gets out of step. If you've ever danced at your wedding, at a school dance in high school, if you've ever danced ever, you know, in fact, most people refuse to dance. There is this literal fear of dancing because there's a fear of being out of step. Well, let me just take this. Let's, let's spiritualize this and internalize this just a little bit. What Paul's saying here, listen, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit, there's a rhythm and a flow to the spirit. And when we're in step with the spirit, the attributes and all of the power therein found inside of these attributes just flows and it becomes easy and it becomes graceful and it's beautiful. When our life gets out of rhythm and out of step with the spirit, we struggle with these attributes. We struck, I don't know why today I just woke up angry and I'm, I don't want to love anybody and I'm not kind and I'm not, there's no peace in my life and there's no this. It's a rhythm issue. It's a rhythm issue. We, we, we talk, we, we just, we go through life and there's rhythms, right? We sleep every night. Well, some of us attempt sleep every night. <laughs> But we, we, we try to get some amount of rest every night. We eat every day. There's rhythms. There's breakfast. There's lunch. There's dinner. There's rhythms to our life. And when somebody messes with our rhythm, it throws us out of whack. It messes with us. When, when a catastrophe in life happens and we're not able to go through our day as normally planned, it twirls us. It twists us. It takes us. And I want to tell you that it's not an issue of circumstance of what's going on in your life, but it's an issue of rhythm. Them because when we stay in step with the with the spirit, the spirit just flows through us and it's graceful like a beautiful ball dance. It's graceful. If you've ever seen the Olympic athletes that do the rhythm, the rhythm dancing and gymnastics and they're twirling batons and throwing balls and catching it and doing flips. And, and it's like, how in the world is that happening? It's rhythm. That's how it's happening. There's a rhythm to a backflip. And if you don't have the rhythm, you can't do it. There's a rhythm to catching a ball. There's a rhythm to, to playing an instrument. There's, a, there's, there's rhythms everywhere, and there's a spiritual rhythm. And when we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Watch this. Here's how we break step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. See, when we just focus on what God is doing in us, 
and allowing him to be what comes through us. All of these fruit of the spirit, all of these attributes that the Holy Spirit living inside of us, all of these things become second nature and become natural and flow in balance and in grace and in rhythm. And so tonight, my, my goal is, or, or what I would encourage you to do, would be to find the step of the Spirit. If there's a place in your life, if you're, if you're walking through your day, you're walking through your life, and you've got a struggle, and you've got a, a thing, and you've said, man, I've listened to these messages, I've listened to this Bible, I've, I've read it, I know it, but it doesn't seem to work for me, I would just simply say, what are the rhythms of your life? What are the rhythms of your life? How are you in step? Are you living by the Spirit? Are you walking in step with the Spirit so that we do not become conceited, provoking one another uh, or envying one another? I wrote this. This is in your notes. True self-control is not about bringing ourselves under our own control, but under the power of Christ. This is what it means to live in step with the Spirit. It's not about you bringing you, you waking up and just willing yourself to be better. It's not about that at all. This idea of self-control, true self-control, it's not about bringing ourselves under our own control, but it's about being under the power of Christ, living in step with the Spirit. The key to self-control here then becomes upward, not outward. The key to self-control, let me say it again, the key to self-control becomes upward, and not outward. See, when we talk about control, it's stuff that we want to put our hands on and we want to manipulate and we want to make it our way and we want to do it the way that we want it to be done. That's not what self-control is. I think there's a, there's a difference here. We've talked about counterfeits through many of these series, but I think the counterfeit that the enemy would love you to go, fall into the trap of is this idea of willpower. Well, I can will. I, I hear this all the time, especially in athletes. Well, he willed us to a win. Like one of the one of the one of the worst, greatest quarterbacks of the modern era is Tim Tebow. They would always say, "Oh, he, he can't throw the ball. He can't do this." But he could just will your team to a win. He was a winner, and it's true. He was absolutely a winner. But this idea of willpower, like somehow we can just muster up enough willpower to grind it through, to make it through another day, is just going to leave you with another empty day to follow. Because true self-control is not about bringing ourselves under our own control, but under the power of Christ, living in step with the Spirit. So we have to note that the self-control idea is then not something that we have passively in our life, but it's something that we activate actively. Right? As I was reading and I was studying, I was, I was reading a book by this guy. His name's Ed Welch. Uh, he wrote this book called Self-Control, The Battle Against One More. And he was likening this idea of self-control, what Paul was teaching to the Galatians through this. He said, listen, the children of Israel, as they were in the desert, they were promised the promised land. But just because they were promised the promised land didn't mean that they didn't have to fight and take every city by city by force with a battle over and over again. They were just promised to win. It didn't mean that they didn't have to pick up a sword. It didn't mean that they didn't have to fight. And so we find it in our spiritual lives. We can't just say, oh, Jesus, give me more self-control because it's part of the attributes of the spirit. So I know I have it. So I'm just going to sit right here and just wait until I have more self-control. And then we'll be able to move on. 
Well, no, that's not how it works. Just like the children of Israel taking the promised land, it's an active step. Day by day, we put one foot in front of another. We slay one more giant. We, slay, we take one more city. We knock down one more wall. And we keep moving forward, and we got to take it by force, right? That's this idea of self-control. I think there's probably two words uh, that most destroy self-control when we think about it in the uh, aspect of what does it mean to be spiritually under control, to be spirit, to have spiritual self-control. And I think the greatest enemy to self-control in our life is, is these two words, I thought. Well, I thought I had that under control. I thought I could handle that. You know, going in, I really thought I had a good plan. I, I, I thought, and we can find ourselves in real big trouble when we rely, our, when we entrust our self-control or our self-discipline to I thought. We can find ourselves in, 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 in drier situations and in, in need of serious help just simply because I thought. I thought is never a good way. We've said this uh, uh, on several different occasions over the weeks, uh, over the past several weeks, but God's thoughts are not our thoughts. He literally said, my ways and my thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. If you're leaving and entrusting your self-control to what you think, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble because self-control is not an outward thing. It's an upward thing. It's bringing ourselves under the control of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to be what is at work in our life. So three things tonight I want to bring out. We're back to three. I know last week was a, I know you guys were all excited. I'm just, I'm, I'm old school, man. I like three points. Uh, three things about self-control. I think that we talked last week a little about, about some things were, uh, some of these attributes are meant to bless others, but these last couple of attributes were really meant to bless our lives, and I believe that this self-control idea really falls into that category of something that blesses my life. Self-control, uh, my self-control, regardless of what some may think, but when I, when I fall, find myself under the Holy Spirit power and I'm in self-control, it really isn't about you. It's really all about me. I don't, I don't control my tongue to be nice to you. I don't control my actions. I, I don't just run around town punching people, even though I feel like sometimes that might be all right. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't do the things that we want. And, and, and honestly, it's not about the other person because oftentimes the truth is the other person deserves it. Boy, we could, un we could unleash our tongue. We could unleash some wrath and some fury. And you know, the truth is, there's oftentimes people actually deserve it, but self-control has nothing to do with them. Your ability to live in, under the spirit of self-control and have that attribute active in your life has nothing to do with the other person. But has everything to do with you. Listen to these three, three, three things here. Number one, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Self-control isn't for the moment, but it's for eternity. Self-control isn't for the moment, it's, I, don't, I'm not under, I don't have self-control just so that I can say no to something bad right now. Watch this. It's all about what's happening in eternity. Self-control isn't for this moment, but it's for eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, it says this. Now, everyone who competes, who competes exercises self-control in everything. Now, Paul's making a sports analogy here. That's how I know Paul and I would be friends. We talk in sports. 
He said, everyone who competes, it doesn't matter what you compete in, if you're a good athlete, if you're running a race, he talks about a race a little, a little later in this passage, if you're running a race, everybody who's competing at a top level exercises self-control. There's a diet for an athlete. There's a training regimen for an athlete. Listen, if you're an athlete and you don't do sit-ups and push-ups and, and go to the weight room and lift weights and get stronger, you're not going to be a good athlete. You're not going to be a top-level athlete. There is this idea of self-control that every athlete, every person who competes finds himself in. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. If you've ever met a top-level football player, these guys are so meticulous about every calorie that goes in their body. Uh, Elena will appreciate this. I, I happened to have met at one point Clay Matthews. He's the linebacker for, this, for the Green Bay Packers. This guy, this guy, listen to this. This guy goes everywhere with his own food. You will not get him to put a single bite of food in his body that was not prepared for him specifically to fuel his finely tuned body. That's how meticulous these athletes are. It doesn't matter where they were going. He was telling a story. I heard him tell a story about one time in college. All the guys decided to go out to this restaurant, um, and he was invited to go, and he really wanted to go with the guys. So he went to this nice restaurant. It was a fancy restaurant, and he showed up with his Tupperware of chicken. While the guys all ordered meals, he set his Tupperware bowl, his green Tupperware bowl of chicken, popped the top while everybody else was having this great meal because he was so invested into this idea of self-control and competing at the highest level. Now, everyone who competes exercises in self-control. Here's the thing. We're all competing in this life. We're all doing it. You're all competing in, in, in this life. Now, here's what Paul said about that. They do it to receive a perishable crown. Now watch this, but we, us, we do this discipline thing for an imperishable crown. See, this idea of self-control, it's not about this moment. It's not about what happens or what being disciplined in a moment will gain us right here. But this is all about eternity. This is all about what is going on uh, for, us in, uh, for us in eternity. Our self-control for this moment so we don't say no to something bad. But rather because of our, our self-control, we impact eternity. I don't say no to a sin for this moment just simply because I don't want to be caught in that moment. But I say no to this. I live this lifestyle that literally repels evil from my life. That's what this idea of self-control is. Jesus said it best when he said, what relationship does dark have with light? Now, I want you to understand how, how this connects. What relationship does dark have with light? When the lights flip on, darkness has to go. The light repels dark at all costs. There is no relationship that dark has with light. There's no like, oh, it's kind of dark in here. It's either light or it's dark because dark can't exist with light. Literally, the definition of darkness is the absence of light. That's the definition. And so in our lives, when we have self-control, it's literally the absence of evil. Our, our lives just repel when we have Holy Spirit producing this self-control. We don't catch ourselves in situations where we have to backpedal and do that because the life of self-control, it's about eternity and it repels in our life. Self-control is not willpower. You may be able to trick yourself into some semblance of self-control by willing yourself into a good situation, 
But soon enough, that's going to fall away because our own will will fail. I wrote this. This is in your notes. This might help you put this into an into a easy to uh, understand word. But I just said this. What you put up with, you end up with. What you put up with, you end up with. See, if, 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 if we choose not to control ourselves and we choose not to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and, and convict us where there's areas that we need help with and there's sin in our life, if, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to, to work through us in that self-control and we put up with that little thing, what we put up with, we end up with. Well, you know, really that's not too bad. I can, I can handle that. That's, that's really not that big of a deal. Well, what you put up with, you'll end up with. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and here's the thing about, uh, uh, about sin in our lives. It never stays static. It always grows. We, we were created as growing beings. You were created to grow. Like everything has a natural life process and it grows. Like, that's, that's the point. Paul, Paul really talks about this in uh, Ephesians when he says, you know, a thought will give birth to an action, and an action will give birth to sin, and sin gives birth to death. There's, there's, a, there's a process here, and it all starts with just a thought. So what you put up with in your thought life, if we're not disciplined, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring self-discipline in our life, what you put up with, you put up with that little thought, well, I'm just thinking it, but I'm not really doing it. That's the, that's the nature of, of, of sin. That's the nature of this, of being undisciplined, is it never stays static. It always grows and it turns into something else. So what you put up with, you end up with. If we want to control ourselves through the power that he supplies so that we walk in the direction that he gives us, that's what self-control is. And it's all about eternity. It's never about this moment. However, this moment, when we control ourselves in the moment, we reap some pretty amazing benefits. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Number two, self-control creates great relationships. And I told myself I wasn't going to stay here. I put the point three after this so that I would have to go fast. But there's a ton right here. Self-control creates great relationships. I was recently asked, you know, how do you, how do you have a great relationship? And it really set my mind to thinking, and it really uh, got my mind walking down this path. Like, how, how, do we, how does a person go about having an amazing relationship? How do we make marriages in 2018 be incredible? How do we make parent and kid relationships <coughs> right now in September 2018? How do we make them amazing? How do we grow these things and, and create awesome, amazing relationships all across the board? Titus chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. Self-control creates great relationships. Titus chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. Listen to this. So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. Verse 5. Now check this out. To be self-controlled. Pure workers at home, kind and submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Listen, self-control helps us be the best friends, husbands, wives, parents, kids, co-workers. It just makes every relationship great. 
Because when you learn to be self-controlled, I, I want to break this down, and I, I promise I won't take long to do this, but I want to break this down and, and put these in perspective, uh, some of the things that, 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 Paul, or that uh, Timothy lays out here in Titus. Um, self-control. When we have self-control, here, here's what self-control gives us the ability to do in our relationships. It says to be pure. How many of you would love to be in a relationship that's pure? Wouldn't that create an environment if you have a pure relationship? Wouldn't that create an environment for a great relationship? Even if it's just with your boss. If you know that your boss is pure and you know that he's not stealing, you know that he's not saying one thing to one employee and one thing to another, doesn't that really create a strong foundation for a great relationship, for a great working relationship? So, so when we, we find ourselves with self-control, we have the ability to be pure. The Bible also says to be workers. Right now, now, how many of you love it when somebody shows up and does something for you that you were supposed to do? Isn't that isn't it amazing when when when, we're, when we work hard when we do those things? How amazing! Self control gives us the ability to be great workers. The Bible, all of this verse says, to be kind. Now, now here, here's a controversial one. I love this one because especially as it comes into our, uh, our society and there's this awesome uh, tension between uh, uh, women and what is their role. And, and uh, if, you, if you're a sports person, uh, there was recently, uh, I guess it was last year a little bit ago, but this guy named LeVar Ball and uh, he, he spoke to a lady and he told her, stay in your lane. And there was this big blow up in the sports role, uh, world about this. And so here, here, here Paul says this and I love this. And I, wanna, I wanna unpack this for just a moment. But uh, in Titus, it says here, um, so in self-control, it says in, in submission to their husbands. Now check this out. I want you to get this because I don't think that this really has much to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that, 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 that wives and husbands are supposed to be, if you read the whole Bible and you read all of the scripture, it also says husbands submit to your wives. Right. It also says that we're supposed to do this. But here I want you to grab this because it's the only place that it says it in this verse. But I want you to see this because when you're in self-control, you know your role. When, when, when you control yourself, you know your role. You know when you're supposed to talk. You know when you're not. Do you know? Here's the, This is the absolute truth, and I'm telling you this from the clearest, most transparent part of my heart. There have times that I know for a fact I was right. And then I forced my, my rightness in my marriage, and it blew up. Even though I was right because I was in the wrong role. I was in a place I didn't belong. And even though I was right because I spoke when a, with a role that I wasn't supposed to speak with, it really caused an issue. And I sat back and I was like, with my feelings hurt, and I was like, but I was right. <laughs> now listen to me. Would you rather be right or have an amazing relationship? Because when you live with self-control, you know when your role is. You know when you should speak. You know what should be happening, when it should be happening, because the Holy Spirit literally says that he'll give you the words to speak in every situation. And so you may be right, but if you're not right in the right role, you can really mess up a relationship. So when we find ourselves in this idea of self-control and the Holy Spirit is working through us, it lays the level of a great relationship because you know your role. You know when to submit. You know, there are times you can absolutely be right at work, but you can destroy a relationship in your rightness. That's good. You can be right with your kids, and then they'll never call you again. You can be 
right. You can have the right answer, and you can really mess things up bad if you don't know how to exercise self-control. Because self-control creates great relationships. It creates a level for great relationships. You guys got quiet, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going. Self-control. The Bible says here that it makes us an example of good works. To be an example in all of our good works. It also gives us, when we, when we act in self-control, it brings integrity into our life. It brings dignity into our life. I'll tell you what, when you treat people with integrity and, and dignity, I don't care what the uh, relationship is, when you treat people that way because you're under self-control, here, here's the thing, and I, I've learned this so, it's, I'm still learning it, I don't have it perfect, but the truth is, who cares if you're right? Who what's, what's more important, to treat somebody with dignity and integrity and respect Hey, you take a left here. No, you don't, you dumb, directionally retarded person. <laughs> I know that's ridiculous, but we, 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 we say stuff like this all the time, and we don't treat people with dignity because we can't control our tongue. Because we can't control, we don't have any self-control in our life, and so we, we, we force our opinion, we force our rightness into people, and then they don't want to have anything to do with you. They don't want to have, they don't want to have any more conversations with you because we didn't treat them under self-control. There was no dignity or, or integrity in the conversation. So it's so important to this, this idea of self-control, it builds great relationship. Self-control is here to bless your life. <coughs> it blesses, it's not about the other person. It blesses your life. Verse, uh, verse, verse, verse 8 is just a bonus. I didn't, I didn't put it in there, but it says, Your message should be beyond reproach so that your opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. Listen, when, when you uh, operate under self-control and, and you don't say too much, I think part of our, pro our problem, our culture in America, is we just love to give every shred of information we have always. And so we, we say too much almost all the time. We just, we, we, we over-communicate. We, we, we really want people to know how much we know. And so we just say so much and we just keep talking even past the point of making our point. Because some of us, if you're like me, I just really appreciate the sound of my own voice. That's why I have the microphone. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. But when we are under self-control and the way that we speak, right, make your message to be sound beyond reproach, speaking only what's true and appropriate for the situation. People don't need all of the details all of the time. And when we do that, we find ourselves, verse 8, so that our opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. You want people to speak positively and not say negative about you and have rumors and all that stuff? Watch what you say. Watch your tongue. Guard your mouth. Right? Self-control gives us all of these abilities. Number three, and we'll wrap it up right here. Number three, self-control eliminates fear. Self-control eliminates fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That self-discipline there is the same root of self-control. Just translated a little different. So I asked myself, and, and I've heard this a, a bunch. I, I 
think I don't I don't remember who it was. I know that I heard this from a from a, a pastor of a, of a large church, but he said something to the to the uh, effect of you know what's the opposite of fear, and uh, you know several people had many different uh, different ideas or thoughts about what the opposite of fear was, and I think one person said, well, the opposite of fear is faith. And uh, I know that in the teaching, I don't even, I don't even honestly remember what the, what the full teaching was on that, but um, I, gotta, I gotta say, as I was really thinking through this, I'm not so sure that the opposite of fear is faith, or that fear has an opposite other than self-control. Right? Because I, I don't know about you, in, in my life, when fear pops its ugly head up, and I find myself frozen in a moment of fear or indecisiveness because uh, I'm afraid of something. I, there, there's often times I'll, I'll find myself, and I'm a pretty forward person, but every now and then I find myself in a situation where I go, oh, I feel like I should say something to a person. I feel like, you know, I, I, should, I should speak something into their life, but then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They don't know me. I don't know them. And there's this moment of fear. Can, can I tell you that in that moment of fear, I absolutely don't need faith that one day I'll be able to do it. Right? Faith is the hope and the substance of things unseen. I, 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 don't, need, I don't need a faith moment to say, well, one day I'm going to do this. By faith, I see myself one day speaking to people. By faith, I, I don't need that. What I need is a little bit of self-discipline to get my tail in motion right now. I need the self-discipline and the self-control to say, this is not who God created me to be. God gifted me and created me with a mouth to speak. I, I, I don't need faith to say one day God's going to use me for something. But right now in this moment, I need the self-control to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me to do. <coughs> when fear says I can't, I don't need faith that says one day I need self-control to be in motion despite my fear right now. See, when we live by self-control, we also understand who we are because self-control always leads us by the Spirit. This idea of self-control is a Spirit-led thing. Again, it's not willpower. It's spirit-led thing. And so we've got to get ourselves to a place where we're self-disciplined and, and, and under self-control because the spirit is so alive in us and so, so evident in our life that we can, we can fully operate in the things that he gives us to do. See, these things are all connected. We're going we're gonna to really put this together all next week and, and talk about them. But, but they're connected. You, you have self-control so that you can be loving. You have self-control so that you can live in peace. You have self-control so that you, you, you can, all, all of the different things. You have self-control so that you can have patience. You have self-control for kindness, self-control for goodness, self-control for faithfulness. Man, we really need it there. Self-control to be gentle. All of these areas of our life take self-control because it's a Holy Spirit-given thing. This is the fruit the Holy Spirit produces. Right? It's self-control. When we know who we are in Christ, we, we say things like, like scripture, like this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When fear says I can't, I overcome fear with the self-control of knowing what scripture says over my life. <clears throat> when situations and circumstance come at me, I say things like, he who's in me is greater than he who's in the world. So I don't have to be afraid of this. Hey, situation. Hey, storm. I don't have to be afraid of you. 
I don't have to walk looking over my shoulder waiting for the next shoe to drop. Because I have this self-control that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding me. And he's taking me to places that I belong. And it repels these, it repels sin and evil in my life. Like light repels dark because I know who I am. God didn't give me a fear. He didn't give us shyness. He didn't give us a timid nature. He didn't give us these things. These are, these are learned things that we can overcome with this self-discipline that the Holy Spirit empowers us with. Because he gave us power, love, and self-control. Would you guys bow your heads with me? As we take a moment to, uh, to pray and end our time together, maybe, maybe, maybe you're here. And, uh, <laughs> I, I just know that, that for me, it, life can just be a struggle. It, it can just be, you can feel like we're, uh, my, my grandpa used to say, you know, I had to walk uphill to school both ways. <laughs> and, and, and I think oftentimes life can feel like that. It's like, man, I, I, got, a, I got an uphill battle. In the morning, I got an even steeper uphill battle in the evening, and man, by the time I'm ready to go to bed, my brain's working overtime, and it's an, it's an even bigger mountain to climb. If you're anything like me, that can, can be so difficult to, to overcome, but I want to encourage you tonight and tell you that this idea of being under self-control, this idea of having self-control, the Holy Spirit operating and working in your life, it all comes from this point number two is that self-control creates great relationships because when we are dedicated to a relationship with God and, and allow Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life and the Holy Spirit to be active in our life, these things are, are products that he brings us. It's not something that we have to go in search of and work hard for. But the Holy Spirit is a, is, is a gift to you to bless your life. And it all starts with the relationship with Jesus. And so maybe, maybe you're here or you're online and you've listened to this message and you just say, man, I, I need to have this relationship with Jesus. I need to start that with, with right now tonight so that I can begin to have this self-control, this discipline in my life to, to see all of these fruits come to fruition in my life, to see them flow like that dance. I want to be in step with the spirit. I want the rhythms of my life to reflect his goodness and his grace. It all starts with just saying a prayer like this all across this place. If you just say this with me, if you're online, you want to say this to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say this prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I've messed up. I know I've sinned against you. But tonight, I invite you into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior. The old me is gone, and the, uh, the new me continues on with you victorious in Jesus name. Amen. If God is tugging at your heart doing something in your life tonight, would you please take a moment, meet with somebody from our prayer team over here in the corner. Don't leave this place tonight with having out having met with somebody about your specific need, your specific situation. If you're online, just shoot us an email. You can contact us. We would love to be in prayer with you for whatever whatever you've got going on in your life. It will be it, walking through it with a family, with a church family, with somebody to link arms with you, just makes it so much more bearable. So we, we, want, to bear, we want to bear that load with you. Be sure to meet with somebody here. If, if God's doing something in your heart and you're just feeling like there's something going on there that you want to meet with him for, 
Also, if you've made that decision tonight to invite Christ into your life, whether for the first time or whether for the 101st time, we want to celebrate you and we want to celebrate with you. We also want to make sure that you've got the resources that you need for what the next step is. So if you're here in person, let one of us know before you leave this place tonight. If you're online, shoot us an email at amen at liftchurchak.com um, or you can... Uh, you can Facebook message us. You can text the word DECIDED to 907-341-4843. And lastly, before we leave tonight, I want to draw your attention to one of the opportunities that we have um, each and every week to express our heart for the house through our giving. Every time that you give, you make it possible for Lift Church to further the mission of making it hard to be far from God. You can give in person with the giving box that we've got back there. You can give online through the website. We've got the mobile giving there. Um, you, can, you can go to the website. If you're online, you can do the same thing there. Um, but Lift Church, you are loved and you belong here. Go and have a fantastic week.